We're going to do about 80 million this year in revenue. Um, so I would say probably 10%, maybe 15% of that is SaaS. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We've got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. All right, Jan. Yeah. So take, yeah, take me back to day one. How'd you get your first hundred customers? So we, um, you know, it was, it was a challenging considering we were competing with a lot of, uh, a lot of bigger, much bigger companies and we didn't have the economies of scales like they did. Um, so it was really me just going to different trade shows and kind of selling them on this concept of, of technology and fulfillment all in one. Um, it was a lot of, you know, selling the dream, uh, while we didn't really have that much, uh, to offer, but it was a, a really high level of service getting a lot of manual work and you know eventually once the first 10 came in and then the other 10 and then the other 10 we really started building a really good product and a really good technology and it's allowed us to then make it a lot easier to bring the other one did you find it though in any specific place a trade show a website a forum yeah, it was, uh, it was mostly trade shows, a uh, little bit of cold calling. So, you know, went to CES was, uh, was a big one for us because, you know, our customers are um, e-commerce um, or, or physical products companies. So they typically tend to go to, we see CES is definitely a good one. That was the first one I went to. A um, lot of cold calling, just trying to find companies that were local at the time and, you know, giving them a call and be like, hey, let's, you know, we'll get rid of the operations headache for you. We'll, we'll take that all in and, and we'll, we'll make this happen. And, um, and the first couple of customers just really liked the fact that they didn't have to deal with all this, you know, nonsense of fulfilling orders and having a warehouse and employees. And that's what, that's what really helped us, um, you know, bootstrap and, and get started because once you get one, it's a lot easier to get the other. Mm-hmm. So help me understand today when you look at your entire customer base, are we talking like small e-commerce brands, or like big ones? What's the average customer paying you per year to use the technology? Uh, well, so it really depends. I mean, there's there's the small ones and there's the big ones. Like our biggest customer is two hundred million dollars in, in revenue. That what they do, um, what they pay us, uh, it's about a uh, thirty million dollar deal for us. Uh, but keep in mind, it's not just the software fees, right? They're paying us for fulfillment, for shipping, for transportation. So it's um, so the SaaS fee itself is probably going to be more like 10, 20 percent of that. Yep. Um, but 
Yeah, they, so they range from complete startups that literally just, you know, do 10 orders a month uh, to people that do 300,000 orders a month. Yep. So when you look at you look 10% of that 30 million deal would be like 3 million just on the SaaS product. When you just look at the strength of your SaaS product, I mean, is that like a $10 million AR kind of business? What's the general size of that? Uh, that's, yeah. So, I mean, we're going to do about 80 million this year in revenue. Um, so I would say probably 10%. Maybe fifteen percent of that is SaaS. So yeah, about about ten. Yep. And then when you, I mean, what does growth look like? So if you're going to do eighty this year, what did you do last year? Last year we did thirty. Uh, the year before we did ten. Uh, the year before four, and then one. Um, and we're we're you know we're we were projecting originally to do about fifty five this year. Uh, right now it's looking more like seventy eighty. Um, so we're probably going to end up the year with, with somewhere around there. And then we're, you know, still trying to figure out what next year is going to look like, but it just changes so quickly that, um, it's really hard to, uh, to predict or project at this point. Yeah. Why did you, I mean, with, with revenue in that range, why did you need to do a $10 million secondary? Why not just pay yourself 5 million out of cash flows? Yeah, well, it was, uh, well, it it was the two things, right? I think as a founder, uh, you know, I've always had this dream of, of taking this business to a specific point and then selling the, uh, uh, selling the business. And I think it's just when, when you're profitable, it, it doesn't keep you disciplined as a founder. And if you bring partners in, you now have somebody else that you got to actually report to. And, and they bring in a lot of experience from, um, you know, not just building companies, but selling them and, and building great companies. And I think that's what really, uh, I, I had a really good friend of mine that did the same exact thing. And, you know, when I heard the deal and I heard how it changed his life, I just, I just figured I would do the same. Like I could eventually pay myself the same amount. It would take a longer period of time because, you know, as you can imagine with this type of growth, like it, it's not just that easy to take that much money off the table from the company. And so it's, it's something that we're, um, you know, this just really enabled me to do things that I would have not been able to do and took a little bit of stress away as well. Um, and yeah. It's really about the partners too, like, you know, the people that are on my board, like I have a board, which I didn't have before. So it keeps me accountable, uh, keeps me, uh, it's, uh, there's a couple different funds, but, uh, SGA Venture, the small, smaller guys, um, that I actually like better than, than bringing on the bigger, bigger ventures because they just, uh, I, I just didn't get a good vibe from them. This was, uh, more of a, you know, they're a smaller $200 million funds, but they just, these guys really know what they're doing. They, they know logistics, they know. Uh, software and it's and and they're just more personable and and you know I have a little more available to me and that's what truly has been you know a great kind of turning point for me just having these guys available and like making me think bigger because um, before this it was just me and you know some of the mentors I had from before but nobody really like having that much experience working with bigger businesses and being in South Florida there's not a huge startup community you know where you get access to a lot of people that have done this so. It's uh, it's just been great. So, Jen, what's what's your what's your team size today? How many people? <clears throat> well, so we've got about four hundred and fifty people. Um, you know, different roles, different areas. Uh, our engineering team is about thirty-five people. Um, the rest is you know operations, customer service, um, HR, finance. Do you have a? Do you have a lot of inside sales folks? How many like quota carrying reps do you have? Yeah, we actually don't have that many salespeople. We have about seven now. Um, so we've been able to build this business with a pretty good, like, we're pretty efficient in the way we do sales. A lot of our leads are inbound. So we don't do a huge outbound, you know, calling to people. Uh, most of the people that come to us just find us online and then um, we can just kind of take them through the sales process and, and bring them up to, uh, 
bring them in to, uh, and, and how many, to, to how many started. customers are you working with today? Uh, a little over a thousand, a little over a thousand. Okay. Now, so, okay. So some of these you put touch on, obviously a 30 million dealer, you're going to put a lot of touch on, um, you know, the average customer, are you happy? Like, what are you paying to get them onboarded? Uh, like promoting fee by itself or like an average uh, customer acquisition? Okay, uh, average CAC, like fully weighted CAC, salespeople, direct marketing spend, everything. Yeah. Yeah. About, I think we're at about 12 or $1,500 CAC right now. Okay. And what does that mean? You get paid back in how long? Well, so yeah, that's a funny <laughs> question because in, in a SaaS, in a SaaS world, it's, it's kind of crazy because, because it, it's, we get paid typically in less than a month, um, on that account, but it's because it's not as just a you have service, SaaS. you have so, service fees. So, right. So, so the, yeah, so the SaaS formula doesn't really work as exciting. Cause like, you know, every, everybody I tell this, this calculation, they're like, Oh, well, what the hell? Why don't you just go out crazy and acquire customers? Right. But, but there's a pretty significant carrying cost of every account. Um, and it's, you know, we got physical constraints cause we got warehouses, we got infrastructure, we got people. So, um, it's not as easy to scale. Like we're, we're growing as fast as we can and we're, you know, expand. it's like Amazon, right? Like, like there's so many buildings you can build in a year and that's the, the constraints that we're hitting. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, our, our cost per acquisition and, and how quickly it pays for itself is super quick. It's typically less than a month. Yep. Now, are you burning cash today? Or are you profitable? No, we're profitable. You're pro- okay. So you're profitable uh, as you grow. The- I mean, are we talking like 10% EBITDA margin or like 50%? No, no, no. Well, as, yeah, our EBITDA is about closer to 10, uh, yeah, we're, you know, depending on the, like right now we're investing really heavily into growth and infrastructure. So obviously that number gets a little lower. Um, but, uh, we've been, you know, we've never had a single month where we've lost money and that's kind of been our biggest, um, focus, you know, just, just the mindset of, of bootstrapping has kind of allowed us to do that. Yeah. I guess there, I mean, what I think of when I hear $80 million in revenue, 10 million, it's 10% EBITDA margin, right? So that's called 8 million to the bottom line, right? You sold a, a portion of the company, right? $5 million worth to these investors when it sounds like you could have just paid yourself out of the profits. I guess what I'm hearing you say is these people add additional strategic value where it's, it's worth it to you to do that. Yeah, that's that's one thing, and, and and second thing is you know EBITDA is not necessarily cash flow. So you know we've got we've got a lot of big investments that uh, we pay for cash, and and so you know we don't really end the year with eight million in cash, right? Like that would be a little bit of a different conversation. But um, but so so there's there's a couple of different things that play into it, but definitely having the partners in place has been has been a huge value, and also that was you know when we did the deal was a year ago, um, so we're in a little bit of a different place now also. Yep. Yeah. Very good. All right. Um, any plans to sell the company? Uh, well, the opportunity presents itself, you know, always open. Uh, take but, me to, uh, fa- right take now, me to fantasy land for a second. What would be a number where you're like, Oh my God, this would make me so happy. I have to sell. It'll be obviously very irrational, but what is it? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, Cause when I started the business, it's always been a hundred million. Um, that was like the number that I've always wanted to, I was like, look, I, I did the math and I'm like, okay, at hundred million, I can just do whatever the hell I want. And and now, you know, when we're kind of around that area and, and maybe even more, it's just, uh, at this point, like it's not about the number, it's more about what I built and what I accomplished and what, what, what I've learned along the way. And, you know, I'm having so much fun and I meet great people and I get to work with amazing people and like seeing the impact that we have on not just the, the customers and the, but the employees, it's just, 
it's not really like I can't really give you a number. Okay, Jen, let me be, let me be really more specific. Let's say Shopify wants to get more on Amazon's level, start competing more aggressively with them. They need a physical strategy. You have warehouses. You're someone that they could buy. Let's say Shopify offers you a billion dollars to sell the company. So more than 10x, you're 80 million. Do you take the deal? I would probably take yeah. the deal, yeah. <laughs> so say your board would probably, <laughs> I see you're married. Your spouse would probably kill you if you said no to that. Right, that's true. Yeah, no, I'm surprised. And then, you know, depending on the company too, like every company would love to sell to them and work with them for, for, for a while to build this um, into where we need to go. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about the circumstances, but I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. Yep. So, all right. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Uh, favorite business book. That's a tough one. Uh, you can say none. None. Number two, is there a no, C- I've, got, I've got a I've got a bunch of okay. me at this one. And number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um well I love um I love Toby uh Luke from Shopify. He's a great guy. And uh uh Richard Branson is one of my favorite guys. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company? Asana. Number four, how and many Slack. And Slack, Slack, yeah. How many hours of sleep do you yeah. get every night? Eight. Okay. And what's your situation? Uh, what look like married, single, how many kids? Uh, no kids. Married, Mar- married no recently. kids. Congratulations. Uh, how old are you? Thank you. Uh, 28, 28. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Um, don't be afraid to invest in people. Guys, there you have it. Don't be afraid to invest in people. Ship Monk launched back caught in 2014, did a million bucks in uh, 2015 and 2017 broke 10, 2018, 30 million. This year will do over $80 million in revenue. Last year sold a portion of their company for $10 million. They let some VCs in. 50% of that was secondary. Obviously it makes a lot of sense for Jan to take some money off the table there um, to, to continue to be you know comfortable and keep building the company from 80 million up to many, many, many more multiples of that. Jan, thank you so much for taking us to the top, man. Thank you. Appreciate it.